Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome to a very special Tom Cruise episode of So I Married a Movie Geek. I am Chrissy McQueen. We have Justin Winters as well. And we've just watched both Cocktail and Risky Business. Me for the first time, Justin for the umpteenth time. How many times have you seen these movies? Um, a handful. A handful of, each? Each of them, yeah. Which do you prefer? I prefer Risky Business. Okay, I'll say this. Which one are we going to talk about first? I was going to say about, Risky Business. Let's talk about Risky Business. Yes. Risky Business, by the way, 1983, also the year I was born. It was a magical year. I have to say, Tom Cruise was so young in the first couple of scenes. I mean, he was Tom Cruise, yes, but he wasn't. It was it was weird. It was like, that's Tom Cruise? Really? Yes, it was him. Not just an impersonator? No, it was the real Tom Cruise. Well, that's kind of crazy. Why is it crazy? Just because... He, uh, if you haven't seen his early work, which I had not, and you're more familiar with the stuff that he's done in the 90s and as of late, you have an image of him in your mind, and it's almost like, whoa, blast from the past. It's like, if you know Robert Redford's work, and then you saw that one episode that he did at the Twilight Zone where he was young, and you're like, whoa, I never knew you were young. It's kind of like that. You never knew Tom Cruise was young? No, I just wasn't familiar <laughs> with his face when he was young. I think he looked pretty much the same. Not really. And, and you know, when he gets mad, that's when the real Tom Cruise shines through. He's, oh, I love crazy Tom Cruise. He, he still gets mad in Risky Business. So so for people that haven't seen Risky Business, yeah. number one, go see it. I mean, watch it, I guess. Yes. Number two. <laughs> go, to your la- go to your multiplex around the corner. They're showing Risky Business right now. They darn well should. <laughs> it's a fine film. It is. With lots of good thematic content and lessons to be learned. Let's go lobby AMC. So if, if people have not seen Risky Business, what would be the Cliff Notes version of explaining Risky Business? Okay. Just the plot of the film. Okay, Tom Cruise's character, Joel, is an overall good dude. Uh, I almost said good doer. That's not Good really. dude. <laughs> good dude. <laughs> he's a good dude. A good doer. Yeah, he's a good doer, too. That, too. He's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> and while he's not an A-plus student, he's solid enough, you know, he's... I don't know, he's kind of an idiot. Did you watch the same movie I did? I did. I'm talking about his, his scholastic aptitude. Oh, so he's kind of like, yeah, he's kind of like a middle He's just like an above, no, above average. He's like a B. But he, it seems like he's really anal and he's like dying to even make that happen. Like he's striving. Of course, he's his, struggling. his parents are kind of pushing him. Pushing well, him. they're very waspy. It's, okay. You know, it's the early 80s and they just want him to be a good old boy and do what they say. Chicago. And yes, well, close to Chicago. Chicago suburb. Yes. And he has this friend and I can't remember the friend's name. What's the friend's name? Booger. Really? The guy that played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. His name's Curtis... The the actor's name's Curtis Armstrong. Oh. But anyone who watches Revenge of the Nerds, I just call him Booger. Oh. Let's just call him Booger for this conversation. I I haven't seen Revenge of the Nerds, so I was kind of like, really? His name is Booger? Well, his... The friends... He's he's, he's good friends with Booger and Balky from... (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect Strangers. And it took me, by the way, two-thirds of the movie to realize that that was Balky. All of a sudden, I, I, I remember elbowing you and going, is that Balky? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, realize? he looks exactly like Balky. <laughs> <laughs> it took me some time. I loved that show, though, when I was a kid, Perfect Strangers. Oh, that's a great that's show. That's a great show. Anyway, back to uh, <laughs> this movie. So um, his friend suggests, you know, sometimes, and I'm not going to say it, I'll, I'll say the PG version or even the G version. You just got to say what the heck. What the heck? I like to say the Christmas story version, and I say, you sometimes you just gotta say, what the fudge. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do have to say, what the fudge. Throw, throw caution in the wind. Yeah. And the way he said it was so convincing. It was one of those things where even just watching it, I went, yeah, you know what I'm gonna do tomorrow? I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna go to work and say, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do tomorrow? I'm gonna wake up. <laughs> There you go. Hey. Take that day. <laughs> it's better than the alternative. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta say, what the f... And just wake up. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes you do. And then you do it at work. Although I work with kids, so that probably wouldn't be the best plan. Thanks for the advice, booger. Yep. So he takes it, and, you know, through a snowball of events, he uh, ends up with a call girl who is a drag queen. Then he gets the right call girl who is Rebecca De Mornay in what I assume is one of her first movie roles. And I didn't recognize her. And I love Rebecca De Mornay from uh, the 90s, but that version is different from the version that I saw. Yeah, more like Rebecca De Mornay. Hey, she was really hot. Back then or in the 90s? Um, back then and in the 90s. I think she must have had some serious plastic surgery because she just looks different. Pretty girl both at both decades, but, you know, just different. Well, well time will do that to you. And plastic surgery. So yeah, the basic plot of the movie is the way of, you know... He gets caught up with the call Throwing girl. caution in the wind is getting caught up with the call girl. And you know what? I learned something. Do you want to know what I learned? Please. Call girls like to steal your crap. I think that's the theme of this movie. Don't trust hookers. <laughs> at all. That should be the tagline. Risky it, business. Never trust hookers. Well, I mean, I watched this at a young age, and I think that's the main <laughs> thing I took away from it. <laughs> Wait, you watched this at a very young age? How young were you? I don't know. Ballpark. I have no idea. I can't remember. Who lets you watch a movie about hookers at a very young age? I like to educate myself on things. Okay. I read a lot of books and I watched a lot of movies. I, well, so did I, but it wasn't about hookers. I think this, if the book was about hookers, I would have read that. No, I mean, this is probably one of those movies that was on HBO and you just caught it passing. You know, your, your parents probably didn't know you were watching it. But, again, it teaches you not to trust hookers. Oh, my God. They can't be trusted. One of my best friend's moms took us to see Never Talk to Strangers. And that was another Rebecca DeMorne movie, which has a lot of sex in it. And we were young, and I freaked out. And she was like, do you want to leave? And I was like, no, I can take it. I want to watch it again and again and again. <laughs> and again and again. My innocence was stolen. Rebecca DeMorne. Yeah. So, what did you think of, first of all. Never Trust Hookers. Never trust hookers. Yes. Do you trust hookers? No, I'm saying that's, is, the, new, that's what, the new title of the movie. It's no longer Risky Business. It's called Never Trust Hookers. What is your life experience with hookers? Um, okay. Well, so, yeah. I mean, I was a young kid. I didn't have any life experience with hookers. I lived in a small town in North Carolina. We didn't have a lot of hookers there, I don't think. Um, or If we did, I didn't know about them. I mean, I knew, I knew about girls that kind of acted like hookers, but they weren't getting paid for it, so... How do you know they weren't getting paid for it? 
They didn't tell me about it. Okay. Well. No, but I mean, you watch this as a young kid, and you're like, whoa, that's kind of weird that he, you know, gets caught up with this hooker, and she pretty much ruins his life in one weekend, almost. I kind of kept getting mad at him, because at every turn when he should have put his foot down and be like, you need to leave, and you need to go and stop stealing my crap, and bringing your friends, and your pimp, and all that stuff, he would, he would like, say... No, go. I mean it. Serious. I have to go to school. And then, like, wouldn't follow through. And at each turn, it just got worse and worse and worse for him. Well, I mean, first of all, don't call a hooker to your house. That's a bad idea. Number one, don't call a hooker to your own house. Don't call a hooker when your parents are away to your house. Mm -mm. Just for a weekend. Mm -mm. That was not smart. Well, he was smart enough to give a fake name, but even that took some effort. He was like, oh, I'm Ralph. Come see me. My name is Ralph. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, of all names, you're Ralph? I even, I love the, 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 when the um, transgender? Uh, Transsexual. No. Here's the deal. Transgendered Transgendered. Is... I know. I know the difference. What's the difference? One of them totally changes their gender through surgery or... A transsexual changes through surgery. Transvestite is a man that dresses up in women's clothing. Transgendered is the umbrella term for the whole community. Gotcha. I learned about transvestites from Beverly Hills 90210. Remember when um, no. <laughs> Steve Sanders hooked up with that girl and then he found out afterwards that oh, she, yeah. was a, she was a dude? Ian Zeering, you had some black spots on your 90210 record, and that was one of them. See, I learned something from 90210. You did. Good for you. Check under the hood before you take it out for a spin. <laughs> anyway. Check the oil and ring the bell, basically. So, yeah, there was a kid that I ever think, um, okay. It's kind of, you know, young kid, young boy, you, you're kind of liking girls, so you're trying to figure them out. I never thought, hey, maybe I should just call a hooker and just... <laughs> just pay. Just pay and let her teach me. I will say, because you asked me what my experience with hookers was, and I didn't have any. Um, I knew the difference, though, between a prostitute and a high-class call girl. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking to yourself, you're like, what if I like were destitute? What would I do for money? Mm-hmm. Am I good-looking enough to be a high-class call girl? And I used to wonder about <laughs> that. I was like... <laughs> Would I ever make it as a high-class call girl? I would never make it as a prostitute. I'd get beaten up and, like, you know, bitch be dead. But I was like, I wonder, could I make it as a high-class call girl? My legs aren't long enough. Okay. It wouldn't work. Anyway, so he gets all his crap stolen in this movie, and it's just, you know, he's constantly backpedaling. Everything gets stolen. He drives his father's Porsche into Lake Michigan, you know, and then he hosts a huge, like, basically sex party where he is the pimp. For all of these girls so he can make the money back and the Princeton admissions counselor comes to well, have an interview with that's him. That's the thing. He was in like the, um, what, the, what it was our version of the future business leaders of America. So he was learning things about, oh, yeah. about business and how to run a brothel in your house. <laughs> um, yeah, if one of my friends started a brothel in his house for the weekend, I would, you know, I'd be like, hey, I'll stop by. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that too, very casually. I'll check hey, it out. Sure. I'll yeah, check it out. I'll check it out. Especially if you have, like, cool music playing like they did during the movie. Right? I have some time after 21 Jump Street comes on the television. 21 Jump Street? <laughs> it is a 80s show. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, in my head, I was like, Melrose Place. No, that was 90s. They had a, a lot of interesting uh, sexual scenes in this movie. Can we talk about those? Can we talk about those? 
do we have enough time to talk about them? This but, podcast is now rated R. There were no pirates in these love scenes. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, imagine when, uh, you know, at a young age, I'm watching this, and he calls the hooker, turns out to be a, a trainee or whatever. She says, I've got the girl, the perfect girl for you. Everyone loves her. And he's like, okay. She comes in the middle of the night, just like walks in, and she's like across the way in the living room. She had great shoes. And all of a sudden, the the doors open up, and like all this wind and like leaves come in. And I'm watching as a kid, and I'm like, y'all need to shut that window. <laughs> I don't see. I don't remember that. I don't. Remember you don't remember the leaves and all this stuff coming no, in. No, I remember. And he comes up behind her, and he's and he's like, I remember him coming up behind her. That was sexy. You're not wearing any underwear. Well, that's what hookers do. And there's do. leaves everywhere. See, I don't remember the leaves. Leave might flop into your nether regions, and then we have a problem. Oh, no, no, no. No, she walked in, and she had really sexy shoes, and she put one leg up on, like, what wasn't an ottoman, but was a window seat. You know, very sexy window seat. And he came up behind her, and then they started making out and feeling each other up, and then, you know, what ensued ensued. I don't remember any leaves there's, or wind. There's total leavage and, like, <laughs> wind blowing through through the house. And the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is kind of hot, but there's leaves everywhere. She had great legs. Well, you kept commenting throughout the movie how well um, she was dressed and and her hair and hats. and. Well, because here's the thing. She's a well-dressed hooker, but she, she was. she's not to be trusted. But let's put it this way. In a lot of 80s movies um, with hookers, and I'm really thinking of Pretty Woman, Pretty Woman right now. Like, uh, yeah, Chrissy hasn't seen Pretty Woman, guys. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it in pieces. You okay. have not. Yes, I have. We've talked about this. No, I haven't seen the whole thing beginning to end, but I've seen pieces. The point is, like, her her outfits and her hair and everything about her was so 80s. And there are so many other movies like that, like Cocktail. Everybody had the frizzy 80s hair and the 80s clothes. She, Rebecca Dornay, that is, in this movie, did not have that whole 80s look going on. She had a timeless classic appeal to her. She had great uh, little appliques that she would wear. Like, she, at the end, she had that, like, little bow shirt that you can wear today. She always had great shoes. She had taste, tasty, tasty, tasteful T-taste. hair. She was tasty, it's true. <laughs> She's not tasty hair. Rebecca de Mornay, you tasty <laughs> hair hooker, you. That was, but that was her whole deceit, you know? She's like, okay, I'm going to dress all nice with all this applique, whatever that crap you said, <laughs> all over myself, and wear a little hat. Um, I love her hat. Still all my um, new uh, senior in high school boyfriend stuff, including his mom's... Faberge? Fab- it wasn't Faberge egg, though. What was that? I don't know. I thought it was at first because I didn't see it. It looked like it. a big paperweight. That's what I, would told my, I told my mom. She was such a bitch at the end, too. And she was like, it has a scratch. My egg is ruined. Well, they were that way at the beginning. Remember, she was like, so what did you make on your SATs? Oh, can you take them again? I understood why she said that. If they were hoping for Ivy League school, you do need to have a higher score. She didn't say it in like a way like, God, why are you stupid? Why did you screw up your test? She just asked if we could take it again. A lot of people take their SATs twice. That wasn't that bad. But she wasn't like, I love you. You know, what's going on in your life? And he could have been like, well, Mom, I'm not getting any sex, and I'm, my friends want me to call an S&M hooker. Do you think that even if they had like this great relationship that he would have just come out and said that? I don't think they had the relationship. I felt bad for him. You had a great relationship with your mom. Would you have come out and said, well, mom, I just, you know, I'm having a problem with these hookers. And my best friend wants me to drive dad's Porsche when he's not looking. I kind of don't want to do it, but I kind of do. I never talked about hookers with my mom, but that would have been funny if I would have brought it up. And she would have been like, well, you know, I know someone. 
Her name is Lana. She's right down the road. See, that's the thing. I don't. Most hookers that I've come into contact look nothing like Rebecca De Mornay. Wait a minute, you've come into contact with hookers? No, like sexual contact. Okay. I didn't trip over and fall into their vagina or anything. No. Wow. The only the only contact I've ever had in hooker with hookers is when I first moved out here to L.A. I um I had a I lived in an apartment on right off Sunset, and so if I would when I would be coming home from like we'd go out drinking on Sunset, we'd we just walk home, we would pass hookers and they would be, start talking to us, and I'm not I'm not an asshole. I'm not gonna say go away from me, hooker. <laughs> so I would talk with them. And I would say, yes, yeah, not, I'm not I'm not into it right now. I'm not going to say, hey, you look like my uncle. You know? So they weren't just talking to you. They were like offering you their services. Yeah. And I would be, I'd be like, let's just talk about life while I'm walking to my apartment really quickly now. The funny thing is, is you probably think that Justin is just trying to cover for the sake of, you know, my, I don't know, for my benefit. But if you know Justin, you know that this is not the case. This is the same man who went to a strip club once and legend has it talked to the stripper the whole night long even though she you like she started it's like hey baby you look like a handsome guy or something like that and she's like he's like let's talk about world affairs no she told me an unfortunate story about how she was trying to you know she's doing this for kids and stuff like stripper for kids and i was like that's so sad why would i want to buy a lap dance from you now i don't like strip clubs anyway but you know i was totally above so we like talked the whole night this is also a strip Okay, number one, I was at a bachelor party. Okay. I thought I'd have to explain myself. <laughs> number two, it was this really seedy strip club in L.A. where it was so dark, you couldn't see the girls. So I'm like, isn't the whole point of a strip club is you'd be able to see them on stage? No, because it hides the cellulite. Okay, well, I, I didn't understand that. So, like I said, so she came and started talking to me about her kids. What am I to say, you know? That's I'm so turned on by you talking about your kids and how you're now trying to save money for them. Why don't you give me a lap dance? Wait a minute. Did I know she... there are probably guys that do that, but that's just not, that's not Here's what I... Here's my question, though. Uh-huh. Did she walk up to you and did she say something like, Hi, my name's Misty. I have three kids who haven't eaten in a day. <gasps> oh my God, it's you! <laughs> it was you the whole time! You're like, That's why uh-huh. the lights were so low. That's my plan. <laughs> you figured it out. All right, back to the real hooker in the movie Risky Business. So there's another sex scene on a train, and <laughs> but let's but how it how they go to the train like he's she, he's she in has, that, she, he started this brothel because he's trying to make, raise money because he wrecked his dad's car into a, Lake Michigan, which yeah. never park your car anywhere near Lake Michigan. Yeah, but I, I learned yeah. that from this movie. I didn't even know where Lake Michigan... I assumed it was near Michigan when I was like a little kid. I was like, if I ever go there, I'm not going to park my Porsche near there. Because I'll just, I'll just roll into the water. I'm glad that you assumed that you would have a Porsche. He was depressed about this. And, you know, he was running the brothel in his house. So he wanted to go play with his choo-choo set, his train set. And she's like, hey, want to go do it on a real choo-choo? She didn't say choo-choo. She kept saying train, and then the best part was that her pimp, who was like a total Jersey boy, oh, is Joey, like... Oh, Joey Pants. She's got a thing for choo-choos, I think. I can't even do it very well. But he was very funny in his delivery of that line of like, I think she's got a thing for choo-choos. There's nothing but praise for Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano, and his um, portrayal of Guido, the... Um... The pimp who's pissed that Joel seems to have taken over Rebecca De Mornay's life. He was, a, he was great as the pimp. I, I loved agree. him. 
you said you didn't remember him in Goonies, but he was in Goonies. He was in The Matrix. I know you've seen The Matrix. I don't remember who he was in The Matrix. Shame, Joey Pants. He's great. I liked him. He was great as a pimp. Yeah. So amazingly, you know, because it's an 80s movie, Tom Cruise pulls it all off. He, you know, gets the car fixed. He gets the money back. He gets the, um, the... the furniture back from the pimp who stole it and gets everything rearranged just in time for his parents' arrival. And that's when mom's like, gee, there's a scratch in my egg. I will never forgive you for this. And I'm like, are you kidding me, woman? Are you kidding me? Meanwhile, you know meanwhile, what he's been through? Meanwhile, there's like 20 hookers, like, pound. They're in the closet, like, shh, shh, shh. Uh, I hope she doesn't find out about the egg. Oh, and then amazingly... He gets into Princeton after all that. After the Princeton admissions counselor came in the middle of the brothel party and was privy to that that entire scene, he got into Princeton. That was another thing. I never had like a interview for college, but if you do have an interview for college, I mean, you might as well show him a good time in your brothel. I think that's because we both went to state schools. When you go to a state school, you don't have to interview for admission. Ah, I missed out on this. I know. Dang it. I know. Let's go back in time. Go to a private university and spend too much money. So, yeah. Pretty much the lesson of this movie is don't trust hookers. And don't trust hookers. And please, Tom Cruise, dance with just your shirt and underwear and socks in every movie. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about that scene. I know. What's wrong with us? That's where everyone, I guess, knows about this movie from. Yeah. That's the only scene I knew. Yeah, so you didn't know that this movie was anything about hookers. No, I just knew it was Tom Cruise dancing in his underwear and lip syncing. So you were like, risky business. The risky business must be him dancing around in his underwear while his parents are gone. Tom Cruise has the best legs of any man I've ever seen. I've been saying that for years. And any movie where he's ever shown in like shorts, and by the way, he takes the opportunity to wear short shorts in almost every 80s movie. He's like, who wears short shorts? Tom Cruise wears short shorts. But he's got great legs, so I can't fault him for it. Yet, in the scene, I was like, did it have to be tidy whities Couldn't it have been boxer briefs? But I don't think that was in style back then. Why didn't he just free ball it? No? Uh, that would have been an entirely different movie, I think. He wouldn't have been able to do as many of the dancey gymnastics that he did. He just looks so small. Like, when he's wearing short shorts, that made him look even shorter. Well, that's because you're a giant. And any anybody to you looks really small. No. Tom Cruise is really, really small. He's like 5'2". No, he's not. He's like 5'9". <sighs> he's not like Ryan Seacrest small. He's fooled you, man. He is not 5'9". He's not Ryan Seacrest small. I'm just saying, I've... I haven't met him, but I've seen him from afar in person. He is a small, small man. Like, that that set that he was dancing in the house, it was probably a smaller than normal set to make him seem regular size. So, but then, I don't think Rebecca De Mornay is that short, and she was shorter than him, and she wore big heels. Here's the thing about Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, she was sexy and hot in this, but then... You know, ten, ten years later or whatever, she was in Hand, Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, she was creepy in that. I know. That really, like, <laughs> that threw me for a loop. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Rebecca De Mornay. Whoa! <laughs> she starts, like, breastfeeding the other people. That was and, so and killing, creepy. killing people and throwing them through garden houses. And I was like, whoa, this is not the Rebecca De Mornay that I, I love. And who throw you know, comes in and says, come take me in front of the leaves and winds. On a train. And then on a train. Choo-choo. And then in your dad's car while it's going into the lake. That never happened. They should have done that. Well, they didn't. 
All right. So, risky business on a um, grading scale. What would you give it? This is your first time seeing it. Um, B minus, C plus. Whoa. So. Well, if C is a running average, just, just, an A is excellent. Just an A. I yeah. thought, I thought it, I haven't watched it in a long time. I thought it held up pretty well. It did hold up. It, it was good. It's not something I would choose to. Like the, the script, you know. Watch all the time. It was good, though. The Tangerine Dream score, that the music kind of dates it a little bit. Oh, totally. I thought about that. I was like, God, the music's got to go in this. Oh, well. well. Anyway. There you go. Moving on to Cocktail. Whee! You know what's kind of fun about that one is that I didn't know a single thing going into it. Not even anything other than that it was called Cocktail. I didn't know if it meant that he was an alcoholic, if he was a bartender, if well, you he didn't just know liked about, cocktails. You didn't know about Risky Business, except for the underwear dancing scene. The so. underwear, yep. You're right. I didn't. But I had I had cocktails during cocktail. You did. I tried, but then my tummy started to hurt. Lame. I know. I'm sorry. So cocktail for anyone, your first time seeing it, you didn't know anything about it. Right. What's the 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 short gist of it? I'll give you the the shortest gist I can because I don't want to be crazy about it. Uh, yeah, you kind of explain this movie, and people are like, "What?" No, Tom Cruise wants to make a buck, and he doesn't know how to do it. Really, like. The legit way of, you know, going to school, then getting a job, then working your way up. Like he... Setting your own brothel in your house. Pretty much, making yeah. Making money. Yeah, he hasn't met that version of himself. That's this. the thing. I think he I think he was just the same character. He just went from high school to... I disagree entirely with that statement. Oh, okay. Um, because the, the first Tom Cruise character that we saw in Risky Business was not very self-assured. He was very insecure. No, but this whole thing over over the course of the movie, he became more self-assured. Right. And he became the guy that sometimes has to say, what the heck are Right, but he, at the very end of the movie, he was still at his core that, you know, kind of nice guy with the above average, you know, SATs. Like, that's who he was. He just learned that sometimes you have to let go. And, and the ridiculously hot hooker girlfriend, but we'll just gloss on that. Gloss on that, yeah. Okay, yeah. But as for Cocktail, like, those two Tom Cruises have not yet met. And this one is like, how do I make a buck? How do I make it quickly? How do I... I'm going to get a job on Wall Street. He's cocky. He's confident. He's just gotten out of the army. And, yeah, and he's a schmoozer. And so he tries schmoozing his way into a job on Wall Street. And back then, apparently, education mattered because they told him that they only wanted people who had earned a college degree and that he should go back to school. And that no, they would not even give him a job at the very bottom of the ladder. He should aim lower. So he ends up talking to his uncle who owns a bar for a million years and says, you should, you know, never give anything away for free. A million years? Yeah. That was his whole advice, by the way. Tom Cruise is like, what do I do with my life? And he's like, never give a drink for free. Like, that's his whole advice. I've owned this bar for a million years. (laughs) I am the Highlander bartender. No one can kill me. No. (laughs) Yes. No, his his, his uncle is kind of like the guy is like really, really cheap. He's like... Never never have drinks on the house, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but the Tom Cruise is like, Uncle, I can't remember his name, Paul. Like, Uncle Paul, I, I asked you about what I should do with my life. Should I go back to college? Should I try this? And he's like... No, just get a girl pregnant and have a family. Give me a dollar so I can charge you for a beer. <laughs> Shut your mouth and send your hooker girlfriend to me. Wrong movie, but yes. So Tom Cruise then finds uh, a job as a bartender 
the first night he's terrible because he has apparently no pre-training whatsoever in this. And suddenly, like... Bartending is hard, dude. Oh, I agree. I understand why he was flunking that because I would have too. But then... It's in New York, too. Three days later, somehow, miraculously... And he, by the way, he had not been training during those three days that he was not, you know, working. Like, he did one day, he sucked. He came back three days later and was amazing all of a sudden. Well, they didn't show that time period in between there. Yeah, but it was assumed that it was about three days because he said, can you come back on Wednesday and do five shifts? Okay. Well, practice makes perfect. Eventually, ten minutes later in the movie, he was flipping bottles behind his back and, you know, doing all that crazy. Right, and he was, like, at at a real New York uh, club club, and he was doing choreography with his best friend doug who um, choreography he pretty much was like doug is doug started out as the bartender who hired him in their little coughlin's law yeah can we talk about coughlin's law sure um brian brown plays doug coughlin in the movie you've never seen him in another movie but he was in another movie that i liked as a kid called fx no matter he's really good in this movie um his character doug coughlin always expounds upon Coughlin's Law. Yeah. What is Coughlin's Law? Uh, it's just like these little quotes that he... That mean nothing. Yeah, they mean nothing. Sometimes you can try to glean something into them. Like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't bring hookers to my house. That would have been a good Coughlin's Law. <laughs> yeah. But, you know... Coughlin's Law. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start a brothel, you know, unless you're willing to let the hookers rob you by. Right, but like other ones, like, you know... Bury the dead because they stink. Like, you're just kind of like, okay. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Sounds good. Coughlin's Law, you're an a-hole. <laughs> That's pretty much what Coughlin's Law was in this movie. He was yeah. kind of an a-hole. I like that about him. It served him well until the end. Okay, so they like banded together. They, and did, they banded together because he hired Tom Cruise to work in his bar, but then they both got contracted to work in that big, amazing club. And then this is where it became less about bartending and more about dance choreography. They would like pick up bottles and flip them to each other and like flip them in the air like they were baton twirlers on Cheer Squad. And then, you know, sometimes they'd pour a drink. Like that's basically how that went down. And I was like, when did they have time to rehearse? When do they have time to work on these, like, pirouettes, bar-spinning, flags, drill team moves? Yeah. It was amazing. Like, where's... When did they go to bartending school? Yeah, when did that happen? Um, And then Tom Cruise hooks up with Gina Gershon. Oh, Gina Gershon. Oh, Gina Gershon. She grew into her face. Back then, she had not yet done so. And thank God she grew into her face by the time Showgirls happened. But anyway. Yeah, okay, number one, this is not a very good movie. Number yeah. two, it does have some a lot of people in it that I like. I like Brian Brown. Tom Cruise is good in what he's whatever he's given. This movie has a lot of hot chicks in it, like a lot of hot chicks. Like basically, Tom Cruise is like the flypaper, and there's just flies <laughs> like girls just throwing themselves at him because he learns how to throw bottles behind his back and do yeah. little pirouette choreography with his friend. And because he's a bondit. And he smiles pretty. He's a bondit. A bondit? Yes. What is a bondit? A bondit, um, I believe, is a French term. Um, <laughs> I believe it is. Well, the reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure it came from my mom's side. My mom used it a lot when I was a kid. A bondit is a person, usually a guy, who has a mischievous, charismatic aura to them where if they smile a certain way like it's that like that half crooked smile or they just they have that twinkle in their eye you would call that person a, a bondit like the jeff goldblum look yeah except sometimes it also re- it goes well with youth like 
that my mom used to call Leo DiCaprio a bond ditch. She would like watch Romeo and Juliet with me and I remember her pointing him in. She'd be like, oh, he's such a bondit. And I totally understood what that meant. And there's really no other word in the English language to describe that vibe. But that is exactly what Tom Cruise is. He's a total bondit. Well, I'm glad he's a bondit. Yep. I, I, there you go. Exactly. But, you know, did this movie pretty much give the bartenders, mini bartenders, future bartenders of America, hope? That they can, you know, go make down. Dreams come true. Go down Jamaica, make a bit of money, come back to New York, and open your own bar. It might have. I think though, it actually kind of made me a little bit sad because watching him, he it took him. You know, it, the story was told over a series of years. It took him a good amount of time. It's a long, sad story for Tom Cruise. Yeah, it took him a good amount of time to like. Uh, get down to Jamaica, start making some money. He met Elizabeth Shue. Then oh. she's with the rich girl instead oh, of Elizabeth Shue. Shue. Oh, was that a, is that a good? Oh, hurts or my heart. Why? A good old. She's oh, awesome. No, I I had a huge crush on Elizabeth Shue back in the day. I think this movie came out right after, a couple years after uh, Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Loved her in Karate Kid. She's Lo- a cool girl. Loved her in this. I agree. She like she's a tough chick. She like. Beat the hell out of Tom Cruise in this movie on the beach. Well, threw him around like a rag doll. Talking no. about him being small. He, she did one time, and I was glad because he kept throwing her down. Like every time she would try, he'd be like clunk and like throw. But she'd her down. turn around and be like, "Oh, really? I just learned the crane kick in your face." Right. She was pretty cool. But you can't she, do that with me. I break. You know, they end up having a dalliance, a one night stand, and she ends up getting pregnant. Elizabeth Shue gets knocked up. What do you think about that? I kind of called it. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to ruin it, but I was like, she's totally going to get pregnant. They're not using protection. That's what happens in these movies. Well, they had the Run for the Shelter of Your Love song playing yes, every time. Yes, they did. Run for the Shelter. This had a great soundtrack. <laughs> I think that's what the best thing about this movie was, was the soundtrack. Probably. Except for Kokomo. Oh, and Tom Cruise's bartending poetry. Yeah, what is is that cool? Is slam poetry cool in bars now? I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, if you're gonna jump up on top of the bar, at least no, don't do poetry. <laughs> you were gonna come up with a good way to do it. There is no good way to do it. No, the answer is no. Don't do it. Well, that was the fun thing when he jumped out of the bar. I was like, we could barely see you in the back. <laughs> you are kept... you ju- are you on top of the bar? Oh my god, Justin kept making jokes the entire movie as to Tom Cruise's height, and it was so funny each and every time. Well, they were in Jamaica, and they did the horses on the beach thing. <laughs> did this whole, like, montage of them falling in love in, like, four hours. And then they eventually go to the waterfall scene. Yeah. The sexy, like, let's go swim in the water in the waterfall and, like, <laughs> kiss each other and caress and take our bathing suits off. Like, at a young age, I was like, no, this is kind of hot. This is teaching me stuff that someday maybe I'll use and, like, be all romantic and stuff. So, Chrissy. Yeah? Tell us what happened when we went to Hawaii and we found our, like, waterfall... Real quick, I would like to denote the difference between child Justin, which thinks, well, one day I might like to use this little romantical tip, and Tom Cruise of today, I'm sorry, Justin of today, who watches Tom Cruise in the waterfall and goes, man, that water must be really shallow. <laughs> well, that's because he was like, it was up to his, his belly button, and I'm like, that must be like the shallowest water ever, because he's, you know, a small... Because he's a small man. Small man. 
But back to you. But it's back to Hawaii. We went to uh, Kauai for our honeymoon, and there was a waterfall that we hiked a very treacherous trail down to. No, never mind. It wasn't a trail, actually. Like, we hopped fences. Anyway, we get down there. It's a waterfall. Justin's like, let's go swimming. And I'm like, I can't believe I got down here without breaking my neck. I'm going to stand off to the side and film you. I'm going to stand off to the side, and I'm going to watch you have this great experience where you're swimming around underneath the waterfall, enjoying nature. It started raining. And I'm like, oh, rain. this is great, nature. And I look over, and Chrissy's like, are you done? A, I didn't say, are you done? I was on board watching you. I was totally on board with that. I'm getting wet. But here's the thing. I was getting wet. And I'm over there singing, run for the shelter of your love. No. And you know what I was singing on the side? This. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Because it was very, very cold. I wasn't chasing it. I was swimming around the waterfall. It, I was okay. doing a backstroke and there stuff. Were, there, were, there, were, there were three reasons. Three reasons why I didn't follow you in. Okay. Number one, yes. it, that water was freezing, man. It was freaking cold. And it was raining. Eh. Number it's Hawaii. It can't get that cold. Number two, I didn't know how deep that little pond, lake thing, whatever it was, was. Because one minute you were up and one minute you were down. And they had slippery moss-covered okay, rocks. Well, so what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to bring a, like a long ruler wherever you go? So no. You can... But it was dangerous. And number three, <laughs> you never, ever, ever, ever go swimming in stagnant water because it is bad for your hoo-ha. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, you won't go swimming in stagnant water, but if I was like, hey, let's go in a whitewater raft, let's go swim in the whitewater rafting river, you'd be like, no, that water's moving too fast. So it's like, what speed of water will you swim in? Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, jacuzzi. That's a good speed. Good on your back. So, lazy river, too stagnant. <laughs> Hot jacuzzi, lazy river. Yes. Yes. Run for the shelter of your love. A lot of a lot of it is temperature for me. I can't stand Kokomo. Really the, the really cold body of water. Well, I'm just saying. I tried to, you know, create a moment, and you did. And then people came and joined you, and you had a moment with them. It's not like we were secluded alone in this waterfall. There were other people there. Yeah, none of the other people jumped in the water. It was just me. Pretty much. <laughs> Okay, well, there you go. See? See? It wasn't just me thinking, hmm, looks kind of dangerous. Well, I guess reality isn't the movies. This is true. Slightly different. I swam in it, man. I kept thinking of um, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky on their honeymoon when they did it in the waterfall on Full House. Okay, I don't remember that, but I'm sure it was sexy. <laughs> I was like, this is Full House. What's happening? Well, it, it, so it's good enough for Uncle Jesse, but not good enough for you. Uncle Jesse was hot. Well, so was Tom Cruise. Back to the soundtrack. There was yes. a lot of good songs, except for Kokomo. Yes, yeah, so hippie hippie shake. Don't worry, be happy. And they always did it, you know, while they were doing their bartending, loosely bartending choreography. And so eventually, Elizabeth Shue is pregnant. Yes, but they have a falling out because he is like, "Oh no, I'm gonna hook it up with this rich woman just because my friend Doug doesn't think I can, and I'll show him." <laughs> and then, um. It turns out, twist, Elizabeth Shue is rich. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. She's hot. Who knew? Double bonus, I guess. I guess because she's rich and she's hot, but then she's also knocked up. Hey, man. I mean, that's what happens when you go swimming near stagnant waterfalls or whatever. Yeah, that doesn't work, but that's okay. You didn't use protection. Nope. So Elizabeth Shue's dad tries to get Tom Cruise to stop seeing his daughter by paying him off like for 10 grand, even though they have obviously millions and millions of dollars. Bad deal. Glad you didn't take it, Tom Cruise. 
Yeah, he's like, dude, I made this in two days in Jamaica. What? Yeah, like, what is this? $10,000? Are you serious? Yeah. What will that buy me? A like, Honda Civic? Elizabeth Shoe, $10,000? Elizabeth Shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take Elizabeth Shoe. Every day. They end up together. Her dad throws her out and says, you're on your own. And she's like, but I love him. And then they open up a bar, which he'd wanted to do all along. And he only had the strength to do it once he had Elizabeth Shoe and once his best friend had committed suicide. And yeah, what like encouraged him to? That was really depressing. Yeah, it was. Like, thanks for adding that to the movie, writer, director, whoever you are. But it was also very eighties if you think about it, because he finally had what he wanted or what he thought he wanted, but because he had made a buck and he'd you know done some stocks and stuff like that, and then he failed miserably, and he realized that all he was was a has been with a few good lines. Yeah, money can't. And buy I don't mean you, coke. Money can't buy you love, man. Like all that stuff. And well, he, and it he, can in risky business. Oh. <laughs> There you go. There you go. All that stuff and Calvin's Law was pretty much, he's like, my best times were spent with you talking about stuff. Yeah. And now look. It was a love story. And then he died. Yeah. he committed suicide. He's like, well, that was fun. And now's the part where I slit my wrists. That was sad, man. Oh, did he slit his wrists or did he slit his throat? I don't know. Either way, he was dead. He was like lying face down in a pool of blood. It was pretty bad. I didn't want to, like, CSI it or anything. I was like, okay, he's dead. It's sad. Let's move on. Aww. And then those were shoes like, I've got a secret. Twins. Oh, yeah, that's right. She has twins. And Tom Cruise is like, what? He's like, i got to build a couple of other bars. He's like, I want to build New York bars across the nation, franchise this stuff out. Well, people do that sort of thing. Look the at McDo- Hard Rock Cafe. The McDonald's. Oh, I hate Hard Rock Cafe. I know. I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying that's what happens when people want to franchise out what they think is a great idea. See, I guess it's the American dream, you know. It's hard, man. It's the... Uh, it's, it's hard to have an American dream. I want, I want the Russian dream where all I think of is wanting a potato for dinner. Really? Is that yeah. the Russian dream? That's the Russian dream. Not having to stand out in the rain and the food rationing I like line. French fries. Is that... The French dream? No. The French dream is to be left alone. So, money doesn't buy you love. Get the girl knocked up in Jamaica. Have twins. Be happy. Yep. That's the theme. That's Honestly, the, the, the moral of the story. And also be very good looking while doing the whole thing. Because if Tom Cruise weren't charming and cute, then the whole thing wouldn't have happened. Oh, here we go. All the way back. <laughs> <laughs> and our podcast comes full circle. <laughs> we always have this argument. So, if, so if Tom Cruise... Was an underbridge troll. <laughs> and he was throwing the bottles around and stuff. Nobody would care. Gina Gershon, Elizabeth Shue, Kelly Lynch would not bat an eye. If it were if it were Zach Galifianakis doing the doing the bartending. I want to see a remake of Cocktail with Zach Galifianakis. It would with, be hilarious. With, without the depressing suicide subplot, more Elizabeth Shue. Have Elizabeth Shue come back. Play Elizabeth Shue. She's still she's looks, so hot. She's still hot. She was in Hamlet too. If no one's seen that, see it. It's good. Oh, Elizabeth Shue, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I love my wife, but I love you too. <laughs> she's another blonde, so I feel kind of good about it. At least you didn't pick someone who doesn't look she's anything tough. like me. She had curly hair in this movie. It was great. I like her curly hair. Um. So yeah, I definitely like risky business more than cocktail. Would you say you like cocktail more than risky business? I might. Why? I don't really know. I think it's because I just like Tom Cruise's character better in, in Cocktail than I like his character in Risky Business. You just like that he could spin the bottles around and stuff. I like the mischievous 
charismatic guy. I just, I like that personality. I've always gravitated to that personality, most of the time to my detriment. But, you know, it's, uh, I can't, I, all right, you know, you What does me. that mean? Well, most of the time it's worked to my detriment, as I think it has for most women who like that charming sort of guy that ends up messing with them. Well, see, I, I learned that by watching Cocktail, and at nine years old, I was the kid that was uh, using, like, the small, like, uh, Pepsi bottles and stuff, and I was spinning them around, like, trying my, getting ready. <laughs> you're getting ready? Yeah, I was, like, spinning them, I was trying to be Tom Cruise in Cocktail at nine years old. You're too tall to do that. I learned the whole strike a matchbook trick where he throws it down the bar. Yeah, but can you do it? Yes. You can do it? I've shown you that stuff. No, you kept trying. I didn't think that you actually No, I've succeeded. shown it to you. Like, stupid uh, human tricks? I, I figured out how to do that. You're... I was learning pyrotechnics at a very young age. But you're too tall to do the bartending things with the bottles because you'd like to do it one time and it would hit the ceiling and you'd no, be like, oops. No, that's the thing. I'm tall so that it's less, it's, it's more, you know, more room to throw the bottles around. That's why I was like, Tom Cruise is so short. Like, he's like this and he's like trying to throw bottles around. I want you to know that Justin is now scrap crouched down on the floor looking like he's an elf he's just trying like, to bartend he's doing like hobbit bartending and he, <laughs> that's kind of hard to do like that's there's you know a, he's really that close should, he's close to the floor so it's easier to drop him i feel like that should be his title tom cruise hobbit bartender tom cruise hobbit bartender i like that so wait the, the name of the first movie was never trust hookers and the name of the second movie is tom cruise hobbit bartender yeah. I like Hobbit it. Hobbit Lothario Bartender. Yes. Pretty much. I like it. Yeah. Well done. I learned a lot from these movies. I hope you did too. I did too. Yay! Yay! High five! Let's go drink some more. Okay. No. Let's go walk our dogs because one of them is barking in the background. She, he's pissed. Run for the shelter of your love. No. That's not in this movie. Please stick well, to the What's wrong with chasing waterfalls, waterfalls huh? I know that you're gonna have it your way on nothing at all. But I think you're moving too fast. Come on now! I'll chase waterfalls all I want, man. Alright, guys. We'll see you next week. Um, check us out at Twitter, Chris Winters or Justin Winters or at DudeManFat.com. What up? I seen a rainbow yesterday between rainstorms. Come and call Chase me. waterfalls all you like, guys. Don't listen to Chris. Run for the shelter if you're love. Take a deep shake. Thanks for listening.